Coming to you from the Black Swan Media Studios, this is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Happy Friday, everyone. I know we're going to do another one of these until Sunday night, but you know what? I love you guys so much. I have to do one on Friday because I just need to blow off some steam and talk about some 3D printing. So I would have control P on, but he's a little bit too advanced for me in 3D printing. <laughs> so I got uh, someone else who does a lot of 3D printing um, myself. Uh, Guns and Barbecue Womp Dog Cody is out there. Guns and Barbecue, are you going to the IV8888 shoot? Womp Dog, I know you are. But let's bring in my guest after I play my uh, sponsors, I guess. I we are once again sponsored by Amaland, of course, because they pay me um, and they bought me all this awesome equipment. But we're also sponsored by Tusk. Proudly sponsored by TUSC, the only cryptocurrency designed with the firearms market in mind. With three-second processing times, it's the fastest cryptocurrency on the planet. On the planet. With lower transaction fees than traditional credit cards, it's perfect for your e-commerce needs. For gun guys, buy gun guys. Visit TUSC.network for more information and join the digital revolution. And those guys are definitely gun guys. Don't let anyone tell you anything, anything different. They are definitely gun guys. And we're also sponsored to you by Black Swan Tactical, where you can actually get my guest gear at. And, you know, it goes to charity. So... One Tactical, your number one source for 2A streetwear. With shirts, mugs, hats, patches, flags, and more, there's always something to help you rep the 2A community. All proceeds go back into our projects. Viewers and listeners can take an additional 10% off with code CRUMPY. Unapologetically pro-gun, pro-liberty, and pro-freedom gear for the front lines of the culture war. And the two commercials you just seen, if you're thinking about being a sponsor, we can work those out because I created those. Uh, I also have a Patreon. You can help me do what I do best and investigate the agencies and organizations that want to violate your God-given and constitutional right to bear arms, as well as keep an eye on the industry to make sure they're not trying to screw you over. Go to patreon.com slash John Crump. With all that out of the way, I guess I got everything out of the way. Let's go ahead and bring on my guest. He is the flying man himself. The guy that crashes a lot. Hi, Mr. FNH. And his name is Flying Rich. Rich, what Two crashes. You, you know, the saying is, uh, let's see, any landing you can walk away from is a great landing. Any landing you can reuse the airplane is a, a good landing. Oh, wait. No, I did that wrong. No, any landing you can reuse the airplane is a great landing. Any landing you can walk away from is a two-good landing. So I've had two good landings. Okay. Have you ever seen this book? It's called 100 Daily Skills by a guy named Clint Emerson. No. Clint Emerson sent me this book, and I guess I'm gonna, he wants to be on the show, so I'm going to have him on my show soon. Uh, former Navy SEAL, best-selling author, uh, New York Times best-selling author. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, so a best-selling author. I am technically a best-selling author. I actually have that in my title. Not best-selling author who lives in a van? No, no. I'm actually no. a best-selling author. Author. <laughs> I'm never, ever going to give up that title. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of my goals was to become a best-selling author, and I did. Cool. Cool. Yeah, officially. All right. Uh, so I have three. I have a print farm. You know what a print farm is, right? For sure. So I had one printer go down, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I got other printers. Then I had a second printer go down. Like, I still have other printers. Then I had a, a third printer went down. Now I'm like, damn it, I'm going to have to replace these stuff. So I ordered a bunch of 3D printer parts. Um, And once you order stuff, right? Uh, Yeah, once you order stuff, um, you start getting ads. And I saw a very oh. interesting ad. Um, And I was already thinking about doing this because I'm going to add either a resin printer, which wouldn't be really be Ooh. part of the print farm. Uh, but I'm kind of hesitant because resin is like messy and a little bit dangerous. Are, are you that OCD? No, it's kind of dangerous. What do you do? You can't like put it down and like you touch it. It like kills you. <laughs> it doesn't kill you. Just, it's just not really good for you. And so then we're clubs. And then you have to do all the resin washes, you know, the isopropyl alcohol wash and water wash. And then UV. UV in the UV carrot. And I'm not, honestly, um, I'm not really sure if uh, I want to do the whole thing. Yeah, Uh, I don't have any firsthand resin experience, but looking at what people can do with resin, oh my gosh. That is just so cool. Yeah, it's very, very accurate. Uh, the thing is, I don't think it would be really good for gun parts. But it, it's you brittle. could, I don't, so there there are actually a bunch of neat resins out there. There's a bunch of different types of resins. And uh, let's see, who is the Portuguese guy? He's got a YouTube channel. He's been printing rocket engines. Uh, I'm not really sure. Oh, you know, uh I, it's a weird name, but anyhow, I can send you the link for that. But he he mixed like I I don't know if it was gunpowder, but something like gunpowder with the resin, and was like trying to three D print with a resin printer a rocket engine, you know, model rocket. Did it work? Yeah, it depends on what you consider work mean. Okay, so no. The Did it burn? No. Yeah. Did it burn? Shoot flames out the back? Yes. But no, no thrust. Yeah, nearly none. So I'm thinking about getting uh, adding to the print farm with a printer that actually have dual extruders, with which I already have. And a couple of mine they have dual extruders, but like these are independent. Oh, that's messed up. So you can print independently of each other. So are they on the same horizontal rail? Or yeah, on the same they... horizontal rail, but they move independently of one another. That's kind of interesting. But you can do like re- right. really cool stuff. So let's back up. You have a print farm, so what are the printers you have? Uh, Ender 5s, uh, the Monoprice ones, the uh, the uh, Flashforge Dreamers. So Ender 5, that's a bigger printer, right? Yeah. So it's bigger than 240. What's the... It's like, 300, so it's like three, 300 by 300 by 325, I believe, something like that. So for those of you that don't know, basically there's a 3D space that you can print in, and that's how they talk about size and printers. 
Yeah, but they got one that's uh, 300 by 300 by 325 or dual ex- dual extruders, which not a big deal. Like when a couple of my friends have dual extruders, but they're independent. Okay, so the one cool. you have one with dual extruders now. What what do you do? Just two different colors? Yeah, two different colors. Or, or, or so, you can do like a water for like a water soluble. Right. Sol- yeah. So one of the problems, and again, I don't know how many people are watching right now now know about three D printers, but like Prusa came out with an update. I guess it was on their slicer for uh, water soluble because the water soluble filament is expensive. And so what Prusa did is in their slicer, so if you need um, like the water soluble, it'll put a couple of layers of water soluble, then it'll print the regular plastic like PETG or whatever it may be. And then it'll print the water soluble on the other end. So then you're not using up all of your expensive water soluble filament. You're only using it where it meets. And so that piece will wash out and use a minimum of that. So the problem with 3D printing is you need supports. And then uh, a lot of so, things. So once uh, once you have the support, now you got to break them away. And if it's a sh- finished area, then it's kind of messed up. So you might print something upside down or right side up or sideways, depending on where your finished area is and where your supports are. So that's always or you might print something in two halves. Like if you want to print a ball and you wanted the ball to look good, you might print in two halves and then just glue it together. So then you have nice outsides on it like maybe so if you want to do kind of a comic book like moon you'd print it in two halves and then glue it together so you had craters and stuff like that on it on detail on the outside and then you don't have to worry about supports or anything like that yeah so that's that's why i'd want dual extruder is for water soluble that would be a big deal yeah, I mean that's what I'm thinking about getting, but uh, they they're making the. I just wanted thinking about getting. I I had those, but um, the the ones I want to do is so I can use actually the printer and print two two things or the same thing twice or whatever. Oh, okay. Um, at the same time, um, and uh, how good does that work? From what I'm hearing, it works pretty damn well. Really. Yeah, um, so that's what I'm looking at. Um, Flash Forge makes a, a Flash Forge makes one, uh, but there's other ones too that are a little bit bigger because the Flash Forge one is totally enclosed. Okay, which means it's not as big as it can be. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm still on the fence about the the resin printer because it's so messy. Dude, if I had your money, I'd get a resin printer. <laughs> if you had my money, I wouldn't want to know where the money is. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. Um, so what went wrong? What parts did you order? Uh, a couple different parts. Uh, the first one is, uh, the hot end, the heating block. Okay. Uh, then another one, one of the motors burned out. Really? A stepper? I've never had a stepper motor burnout. Yeah, I haven't either. You sure it wasn't the stepper motor driver? <laughs> no, it's the stepper motor. You, you switched it out and you saw that. Okay. Yeah. So, huh. 
so the the stepper motor broke uh, on that one, and uh, the other one is just the uh, the block, the heater block again. My two of them. One well, broke like a year ago. I just didn't. <laughs> okay, so really, it's not the heater block; it's just the heating element. So yeah. you get another heater cartridge. Yeah. For that. Yeah. So here's here's what I one you know you got to have nozzles kick it around. Uh, maybe spare belts. Mm-hmm. Um, got those. I I've got thermistors. I mid big print. I'm doing like a twelve hour print like 11 and a half hours into a 12 hour print on my Ender 3 which has been flawless the freaking wire on the thermistor breaks yeah. I'm like you so it has no idea what the head temperature is the print head and so it just goes into an emergency shutdown but it doesn't tell you anything it just like does a loud beep so i had to diagnose it and and i hate to say it my anet because i built every part of that printer because it comes as a box of parts I mean, other than soldering the, the board together for power, the power supply board, I built every stinking thing on that printer. So I know that printer inside out. Well, the Ender 3 takes like three hours. Basically, you, you screw the upright in, and that's most of the work. And I was like, gee, how do I diagnose this? Because I didn't build it. But yeah, I, I would definitely, I have spare hot ends kicking around, spare heating elements, spare thermocouples, spare nozzles. Uh, you know, order them on, I hate to say Amazon, uh, but yeah, they're cheap. They get there quick. Yeah, I mean, I, I got plenty of that. Uh, and, and I got to also replace a Wi-Fi card in one of my printers. So, oh, you have the motherboards that, that are Wi-Fi enabled? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I do it the, I just have a bunch of Raspberry Pis, so I use Octoprint on the Raspberry Pi and hook that to the printer. Yeah, so I got a, a Wi-Fi, um, a Wi-Fi card, but I mean, I, I I'm using the Raspberry Pi stuff, so I don't have to worry about the Wi-Fi card in that one. But eventually, yeah, I want to, yeah. I, I do want to do want to replace that. Um, and you're using Octoprint on a PC, or what are you using Octoprint on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and, I got it on my Raspberry Pis right now. Okay. And so Octoprint, for the people that don't know, is basically it's a print server, just like you would have a print server for like an office connected printer. And so what the coolest thing, do you use Cura as your slicer? Uh, Yeah, I use Cura um, as my slicer. Uh, I also been using, honestly, I've been using FlashPrint as well. I don't even know what that is. It's another Cura type thing. Oh, okay. So Cure connects to the Octoprint. The Octoprint connects to the printer. And you can see you have a webcam on the printer also. So you can see from Cure, like you can slice something and then you just click print and boom, it sends it to the stupid printer and it prints. It's just like, because it used to be you have to save it to the micro SD card, plug the micro SD card into the printer, blah, all that kind of stuff. It's a pain in the ass. Now, I think I got one thing better than you. I have... Uh, on-premises spaghetti detective running in a Docker container watching my prints. So I have an AI watching my prints. Yeah, so basically what that means, I'll explain this one. Uh, spaghetti is like when you, your prints F up and you have this big thing. Uh, 
it will stop it from doing that. It's, it looks like Brillo. You get it like something will happen and, you know, maybe the print head gets like your print starts warping and the head knocks it over and it falls over on the side. So then it's just printing spaghetti in the air. It looks like a whole bunch of Brillo. Yeah. Um, you know, Flash Forge is starting to make printers with cameras built in. Nice. So the camera's already there. You can tell, tell our kids, way back when I had to walk all the way to the TV to change the channel, and I had to have Octoprint, the Logitech webcam, watching my prints and set up the... Yeah, That's I mean, what we're going to tell our kids I mean, in the future. I, I honestly really do like the built-in uh, the built-in camera thing. So where is the camera? Is it like a 360 camera right next to the print head? If that's it, that's like golden. Uh, no, it's like in the corner. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll let me try to find it here. So I'll show it, show it to you. And uh, but I think it's uh, really really cool. Um, how that works. But yeah, I, I think we're gonna see more and more printers with built-in cameras. Well, I think it depends on the price point. You know, something like an Ender Three, which is a base level printer, which is a very good printer, uh, a very good printer all around, and a great bargain for the price. Uh, I don't know that they're going to start including stuff like that. No, no, I was not thinking, an Ender Three. I'm talking about like, uh, like, a, like a Flash Forge where you just take it out of the box and you don't build it; it's already done. What? Yeah, they're all yeah, they, they come built. So that, that's kind of like the buying an AR-15 versus building one. Yeah. And sometimes it's cheaper to build your own. Sometimes you build your own because you want certain parts. I kind of like to build my own because then I know everything about it. Yeah. Let me let me show you this really quick. This is one of the ones I'm thinking about doing here. Uh, so let's give me one second here. Uh, where is the damn thing? Is there enough? All right. So it's Tuscan acronym. Tuscan. Is yes, it is. Okay. The universal sediment coin. The ah, okay. I will give you guys a hint. From I I don't know if this is insider trading or not, but I guess not. I don't know. But if you want to buy Tusk, I would buy Tusk now. I'm a Tusk millionaire. Oh, your Tusk is about to be worth a lot more money. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about there, but you know, just, there you go. All right. So, right here. Creator Pro. So, this is, this isn't the one I was looking at, but this is basically, it, it has a better, the one I'm looking at is bigger and you have to put it together yourself. But this, is basically show this has a better picture of what it actually does. So it's two independent dual str- uh, extruders. So you can do mirror mode, duplicate mode. Uh, and this is the what I use mine for right now is the soluble, the soluble support mode. Joe Drag is out there. Uh, Tusk, uh, go to Tusk.network, Tusk.network, and it has all the information on how to get Tusk. But yeah, this so is... So I buy Tusk? Well, it, it, yeah, it tells you how to do it, yeah. Oh, okay. So right here, this is the Cyliberal support mode. This is what I use my, my dual extruders for. But you can also That's... do, like, multi-material prints. 
But yeah, the soluble materials. support's a big deal if you want to print something finished. Yeah. So, I mean, this is what I have right here. But um, the the one I'm looking at is bigger. It's 300 by 300 by 325. So what's the coolest thing you've printed? <sighs> the coolest... One of my favorite things is this. My headphone stand. <laughs> okay. Oh, the coolest thing I've printed. I've made a lot of stuff, this modeling stuff that I, uh, like prototyping stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the coolest thing I've printed, uh, honestly, parts for, for a 3D printer. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of cool. Uh, as my friend says, 3D printing is incestuous. Yeah. I mean, that, because that, you can print parts for your printer. I mean, each part is not exciting or interesting, but printing parts for a printer. So I'm thinking the coolest thing I've done, um, I bought a case. The, the same You get the same cases. They're like Pelican knockoffs at Harbor Freight. But I bought a 17-inch laptop case because I've seen it you know, online for your PS90 and your 5.7 pistol. And it'll hold like six mags in the top lid. And uh, you can put your PS90 and 5.7 and 5.7 mags in the bottom part. Mm-hmm. And the PS90 is disassembled. But it all fits in a 17-inch you know, Pelican-like laptop case. But they wanted a lot of money for it. And I think I found the case online for $99. I used the packing that came with the Ender 3 to make the foam cutout for my uh, PS90 and 5.7. And I printed, so I took, there's a pin that holds the latching. So I pulled the pin and I just traced on a piece of paper the outline of the latch and scanned it and then did a little cleanup in GIMP, exported it as a vector file, imported it into Tinkercad, extruded it. I added an area to put like a long shank bolt through long shank padlock. And then I also printed the drill guide that would go. So I would put the pin back in the hinge pin and use that uh, as the drill guide, you know, to hold the drill guide in the right place. It worked perfect. I'm so excited about it. So when I fly, I have a locked case, a 17-inch laptop case that has my PS90 and my 5.7 in it. Yeah. Because I'm a badass. <laughs> I didn't have to tell you that, but you know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, another thing I'm looking at, this is going to be down the road because it's a little... I would say it's a little bit pricey right now, uh, is a Mark Forged printer. Is that a metal printer? Yes. <laughs> No, does that center with a laser? What, what's it do? Yeah, yeah, center with a laser. It prints in nice. like car, a carbon fiber and stuff like that. It can print carbon fiber, uh, stainless steel, copper. That's uh, crazy. Uh, you can get it for like 6000 Wow. Wow. Print some fiberglass, too. I mean, there's got to be... Fiberglass is two components. Epoxy resin and chopped fiberglass I, i'm not sure how they do that they have i understand i bet the, i bet you i don't want to bring up their website here whoops that's not it well, at least stuff. you didn't show the monitor with all the porn on it so. i don't have that okay 
Uh, we know you don't have that. Never Come been to the Canadian on. Ballet. We know all about that. Well, let me try to find it here. All right, hold on for one segment. For some reason, I can't get their damn site to work in Brave. So I got to do it. There. You got to use Vivaldi. You can't use Brave. I like Brave. All right. No, Brave's good. I'm, I'm teasing. So, yeah, this is the Mark Forge platform, but they don't actually have a price on there, but I've been talking to them. Uh, and they're willing to give me one for 6000 if I write an article. I'll write the article. Just send it to me six months of the year. Yeah. Is it, these things are like really expensive, so I might actually do it just for, you know, the article. Now, is, yeah, I think they didn't, have, yeah, yeah, right here. Look, 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 materials, fiberglass. I wonder how the hell they do that. I knew they had fiberglass trying to tell me they didn't have fiberglass. I didn't say they didn't. I just don't know. I understand when you do like centered laser metal that you put a, a, a thin layer of metal down and then use a laser on it. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world to me. This is one of the things I want to print in. <laughs> You're going to print a bulletproof vest? Yes. You know what type of article? That would be a fantastic article. I, I just don't want to. I'll, I'll send it back, but, you know, they're like, yeah, we'll give it to you for 6000 which is a lot of money off. It's still $6,000. Dude, that, that's a drop of the bucket for you. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> it, it does stainless steel. Look, any anybody uh, is better than me. I end up like 10 bucks to my bank account before I get paid. There you go. Yeah. But think about this. If I got one of those, right, and I, uh, I, I could 3D print the, the, the Glock with my regular printers, and then I could print the slide <laughs> with the metal printer. Pretty much everything but the barrel, right? Yeah. Just yeah. got to buy a barrel. Yeah. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll, Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. You want to buy for me for six thousand? When I sell my house in New York and I got some money, yeah. Okay, I would say yeah. Write the article and just you know do what I need to do with it, then pass it on. Oh yeah, my wife won't have any issues with that. Can, What's that, honey? Never mind. You can print out like metal stuff, man. That's pretty damn cool. Gonna print some forks and knives. So let's get into some other stuff. You are going so to... So, actually, okay, Swampy, Swampy had a question. He's like, does anybody know anything about 3D scanning? Yes. I've made a 3D scanner. Works pretty well. So, is that one that uh, does a laser up and down object and it turns on a table? Well, the one I made was actually used a cell phone. Okay. So, I mean, it doesn't work as well as the laser ones. But uh, it, it worked pretty well. I mean, you had to adjust some stuff. The laser ones are really good. I've actually worked with the laser ones. Um, the, I, the one I worked with was a laser. It was a laser scanner slash printer. Oh, cool. So 
you know what I, I find interesting? I used to talk to people about faxes. Like they, I think people kind of early on with email, they didn't understand attaching a Word document to an email and then them printing it out on the other end. But a fax seemed to make perfect sense to them. It's like you shove paper in in New York and it comes out in California. Yeah. It's like, yeah, nah. So, uh, boy, this is like 20 years ago. I met some guy at Cornell and they had a 3D scanner and, you know, they could scan people. So they scanned, you know, one of the students and then they had a resin printer, an early resin printer. So they scanned her. And then printed her, so they had like a Barbie doll size replica of her, or, or basically, it's like it's a three D fax machine. That is really cool. You know, you know what really freaked me out about stuff like uh, when they did that crap, unlike um, Star Trek, where they disassembled someone and then they reassembled them. I think they're killing the person every time they they scan them. Well, probably. Yeah, and just creating a new one. Yes. So I had thought by now, like with 3D printing, you'd be able to go to like a Kinkos or something like that and say, hey, print this for me. But we're still not there. Well, in in my area, you can go to any library. You can can send the file through the Internet. All all our libraries have uh, makerspaces, which is basically like a huge print farm. So you send it through the Internet. And I say, okay, it's going to be ready to be picked up at this. And day. they get mad at you. No, really, John, that is a gun. We know it. We know it. Yeah, I have not tried to do that with that. What What you need to do is you need to print a breakaway box around the the grip of the gun or the AR-15 lower, so they really don't know what it's in in there. And then when you walk away with it, you just break it open, and it's like, haha, I did print a gun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jason King basically did uh, what I did uh, with the oh, okay. uh, so with the Xbox. Anything with the IR scanner, you can do it. Yeah, there's. I I tried a phone app on a. I, I have an Android phone. It didn't come out so good. Um, like so before I got the Sig P three sixty five that has because I'm a lefty and it has a reversible uh, eject a mag eject that is. Um, I wanted to 3D print like an LC9 or an LCP that I could reverse. And I tried scanning the LCP grip with my phone. And what I got was it was generally the shape. So if you wanted a cartoony looking thing, yes. Okay. But if you wanted something that would fit, no. What you need to do is get the app, get uh, print the turntable. Yeah. And use the turntable and print the stand to hold the phone exactly set steady. Okay. And it'll turn out a lot better. I bet you didn't do that. No, no. It's it's the con because this is what I found out. I know this is getting geeky, but it's the turn rate. If if the rate of turn is different, like when you're scanning around, it mm-hmm. has to be one solid rate. Oh, okay. Or, or it's going to screw up. Gotcha. And that's why you print the stand and you print the turntable. Uh-huh. And you scan it at, at a constant rate. Cool. Yeah, Kai ran into the same problem you did. 
that's why I printed out all the stuff and, you know, hooked up a little drive to it. That makes sense. So like, stepper motor? Yeah. DC motor? Stepper. It's very simple. I, I see the, the gears turning in your head. Yeah, uh, but now that I have a SIG P365, uh, I don't need to print a reversible grip for a gun. Why not? I could. You know, I have I have some of my ARs. I have ARs set up for left-handed shooters. You're not lefty, right? No. Just in case you're out with friends? Yeah, just in case things go to hell and, like, some of my militia people... After when the end of so, the world, when I formed my militia, I, I said left-handed. I, I'm a little mad at uh, Tim from Military Arms Channel because what? he shows shooting a Steyr Aug lefty, and he has the tactical mustache, and it just bounced off his mustache. Well, if you don't have the tactical mustache, it just leaves crescent-shaped cuts in your upper lip. Ask me how I know. Oh yeah, I can I can almost guarantee it. So you're a lefty? Yes. Have you ever thought about training with your right hand until Um Well, pretty much as a lefty, most of your life you're doing everything ambidextrous. Especially in machine shops. Yeah, well, like... So you know, circular saws are right handed, pens are right handed. Yeah, I used to uh shoot left handed. I'm not a lefty. Yeah, I I mean, I can shoot righty, but I'm definitely better lefty. I basically changed my my dominant eye. Walked around with a patch on my eye until my right one became my dominant eye. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I can shoot better right-handed. Well, I did the dominant eye exercise. I always thought I was left eye dominant, and apparently I'm not. Well, I am. I was. So I was kind of surprised at that. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into IV8888. You're going to IV8888. Yes. I talked to Hank today. He's going to be there as well. Cool. That means Lola's going to be there? Lola's going to be there. That means we can we can all stay in the van because he's going to be camping. I'm not staying in the van with you guys. <laughs> no, I got a hotel room booked. So do I. I think our Airbnb. I don't know what we got. I, I didn't book it. Uh, I'm at the cheapest place in the world. I didn't book it. So actually, I'm writing up. Uh, I'm going to be writing up with. Let's see, two guys. Yeah, two guys, maybe three. Who are you going up with? Um, let's see, X Seven Studios. He's from Miami, and one of my friends who's a local guy. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think what name he goes by. Uh, I, I forget what name he uses on YouTube. I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people um, that I've never met in, in real life. Uh, and I'm going to be, in case you don't recognize me, I'm going to have that same truck that I had in New York, and it's going to say guns, ammo, and candy, all free inside. Yeah, I'm not a really big candy guy. <laughs> guns and ammo, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was talking to Hank, and I was like, yeah, we're going to finally get to meet for the first time. He's like, I've never met you. I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, but you've been on my show like 30 times. I'm like, yeah, no. That's funny. 
Yeah, yeah, John and I just happened to be in New York at the same time earlier this year. So Yeah, like right next to each other, actually. Went out to diner, then I got COVID. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> hey, I was COVID-free for a couple of months at that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you. You are asymptomatic. Come on. Did you get the vaccine? No. I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. No, if you want to take that experimental poison, uh, good for you. Well, here's the thing. I, I really don't want to be stuck as like in a zombie apocalypse. I'd rather be the zombie, so I took the stuff. So, Oh. Yeah, did, did you watch Johnny B's Spicy Friday? No. All right, so you just got the meme. You've probably seen the meme. It's the monsters. It's like everyone got the vaccination but me. Yeah. I, you I, never saw the monsters? Yeah, I've seen the monster, but... Right. But the the niece, the good-looking niece? Good-looking niece from the... There, there's a blonde. Yeah, there's the niece in in the monsters, and she's normal. She's not, you know, a monster. You know, the monsters only went for two seasons. Really? Yeah, I, I never knew that. Like, I want their I damn their... car. <laughs> yes, they always had the great cars. The Coffin Mobile, and then the uh, well, well, they had names. Uh, Chuck Barris built those cars. Yeah, that's cool. You know, Johnny B is one of the only people I know from YouTube. Really? I mean, that I've actually met. Yeah, I hung out with him um, and the owner of uh, PP Tactical at uh, Universal Studios. Oh, cool! We were down there Wait. for an event. Oh, I was gonna say that when you were here recently, but. No, no, this was a few no. years ago. Oh, cool. I don't think she's that attractive. Lily Monsters. Lily, Lily. Lily actually had an interesting career, and if you look at her biography, she's a, she was actually an attractive woman. I never realized that until I watched this dumb YouTube program when I was bored. What non-gun channels do you watch? Uh, I watch a lot of car stuff, so... My favorite, actually, they're coming out with an episode tonight if you're a Patreon, and if you're not, tomorrow, Bad Obsession Motorsports. Love that. They're the best car fabricators, period. Um, I would say my guilty pleasure in the car world is Daily Driven Exotics. They do a lot of stupid stuff in cool cars. Um, Amelia Hartford, I like. Uh, and, of course, let's see, who, who are the guys from Australia? Mighty Car Mods? Yeah. I watch a lot of car videos on Donut Media. Donut Media is real good. I didn't want to like them, but I, you know, they they ham it up a little bit. But, they they, uh, they have a like really that. good podcast. Past get past gas podcast. Oh no, I haven't seen that. But <laughs> what's up, Clover Tack? I see Clover Tack out Clover. there. Clover. Past gas is what really is good. What is this? We're talking about non-gun channel YouTube things. Stuff. Stuff. And join us, um, Clover. Join us. There you go. And I watch. You, you know, I watch tech. Hoovie, yeah, Hoovy's Garage. I, just, I was just watching Hoovy's Garage when you uh, pinged me. Uh, it was the episode about the fuel pump on his suburban going. No, oh. you watch Sam Crack. Yeah, Sam. Because uh, actually, I was going to say he's local Floridian, but he's like West Coast Panhandle, Florida. Oh, and nice. uh, Tavarish, who's Orlando-ish. Hold on. What? 
Thank you, Clover, for the five dollars. You you just trading five dollars back and forth till YouTube <laughs> yeah. gets all the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to trade Tusk. You got to like I tusked you. Oh my goodness, it's Clover. We're getting Clover, or or his angry icon. What is up, Clover? Now Clover gave me his phone number. I don't know if he regrets it or not. I have Clover's phone number. Let me put it out there for everyone. Uh, it's not <laughs> difficult to get. So. Uh, <laughs> hey Clover, yeah, what, will give, what? Ham it up all you want. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not special, but you're short bus special. special. <laughs> what? Rich is mean today, man. No, he's saying I'm short bus special. Is what he said. Oh. Not me. I mean, I'm just feisty. 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 Have you ever watched Ryan Reynolds' channel? No. Oh, my God. It's, like, gold. Really? He only does, like, 30-second videos. But, it's like, oh, I'm going to play one for you guys. This is, like, anything goes Friday, Clover. You, you're not violating YouTube terms of service? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds well, don't probably. care. Everybody's been saying how great LeVarbert is. Wait, the Canadian so guy. Did, I decided to have yeah. him step in. Yeah, hold on for one second. Let me just... Ah, come on, dude. All right, let's see. It's not playing because he's a socialist. He's a commie. He's funny, though. He's funny as well. Get out. I love the Deadpool movies. All right, here you go. Watch. No. Really? Where is my damn thing? Oh, I know where your thing is. No, I don't know where your thing is. Don't even do the, go there, Rich. <laughs> All right, here we go. Everybody's been saying how great LeVar is. He's not is. talking. So you I can't decided hear him? to have him step in no. for me as spokesperson for aviation. Oh, come on. Yeah, it, 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 just go to Ryan Reynolds' uh, YouTube channel sometimes. It, it's, like, freaking hilarious. You always have Hugh Jackman on there and stuff, which is kind of funny. So, Clover. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. There you go. Thank you, Joe Drag, for the $50. So what do you have going up? Any lawn chair pops going up or anything? That happened Monday. Talk about it. That's why I wanted you to talk about it. What What do you want me to talk about? What, what, what did you shoot? We did a lawn chair pop every... Well, it's supposed to be every second Monday, but for the last two months, I've had events that have gotten in the way of being able to do it on the second Monday, so we've had to do it on the third Monday, but uh, we did the Stevens 87J Monday. What is that? It's a semi-automatic tube-fed 22-long rifle. Rifle! Nice. Nice. Uh, how'd you, uh, one, one question I have for you. How did you come up with the lawn chair pop thing? Just it was an impromptu one night when we were having a just an impromptu chat, and somebody was you know the death pop thing was all popular. And I usually would chat outside, uh, you know, just sitting outside on a lawn chair, basically. And somebody said lawn chair pop, and so we did that. And then, um, if memory serves, it's been so long ago now that we did that. In the end, like the next month was Halloween. So then we did, uh, I read Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart, and we did a launcher pop, shot a uh, pumpkin, well, shot a jack lantern. 
uh, and then that kind of became a thing for Halloween. Yeah, I, I love I love Halloween. This one of the things I looked forward to at Halloween is you reading uh, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. And then we did, uh, and then like following that, we had an executive with my Patreon people over on Patreon. Um, we do uh, every now and then an executive chat type thing, a private chat where we just discuss things. And it was like, hey, how about this? How about we make the Launcher Pops Patreon thing? And you guys can pick the firearm that we use every month. And then we did that for a while. And then what I would do is I would do those. They would be totally private. We'd do it live. Be totally private for the Patreons. And then the following month, when we did the new Launcher Pop, the previous month would release to the public. And then YouTube changed their policy. Said, oh, you can't handle, you know, shoot a firearm, all this stuff live. So I had to pivot. And so now the Patreon folks, they still get to choose the firearm. They're still eligible for all the contests and the other things that we do during that uh, long chair pop. Uh, and it's still for them, ultimately, uh, as far as participation in the chat and all that. But they are public as a premiere. Pit, like I said, typically every second Monday. So uh, there's no way to really get around the whole live thing. I thought about taking it to Instagram, but then tying Instagram into Patreon is not that easy. And a lot of my Patreon folks, they're like all on YouTube. Nobody, you know, there's multiple ones that are not even on Instagram. And so, uh, yeah, you do what you can, right? To try to work within the policies and stuff. Yeah. I mean, have you ever thought about D Live? I thought it could integrate very easily into Patreon, I thought. Yeah, but then you get into platforms of different things that you've got to direct people to. So you're into the same thing as, as trying to do something on Instagram. Um, you know, the, the thing about Patreon is, and I'm this way too. We talked about it last night on the Nerd Chat a little bit. Uh, the majority of people that support the channel over on Patreon, they do it to support the channel. And I'm the same way uh, with those that I, I support over there. Um, I don't do it for extra content and stuff like that. Um, so that with that dynamic in play, um, if you, if you make it any more difficult than it already is, if there's any more hoops to jump through or something like that, your participation is going to be even lower. So, you know, by, by pivoting and you know keeping it on YouTube, just doing it in a different way. We added the element of public just to come in and kind of get a behind the scenes of all the fun stuff that the Patreon folks and I uh, do on a on a day to day basis, quite honestly, um, and then we still have that element of the, the chat during the premiere uh, to be able to back and forth and uh, talk with the uh, with the Patreon folks. So it just works, you know. And, and I'll you know back up a little bit and say too that that while it seems the majority of people um, that do the supporting over on Patreon do they do it like I said for the support aspect, not necessarily for the extra engagement, the extra content, whatever. Those that do partake over on Patreon, um, those folks are usually pretty awesome. I mean, they're pretty doggone active over there. So if you support people on Patreon, I would say, uh, you know, engage more over there. There's an app you can get mm-hmm. on your phone, and it's, it's pretty easy. From a creator standpoint, the app sucks. But from a supporter standpoint, 
the app works pretty doggone well. So uh, get the app, put that app on your phone, and then you'll, you'll be able to, to better engage with the folks over there and get some of that extra content. A lot of folks do sneak peeks and special videos and polls and all kinds of cool things on top of the if they've got any uh, swag-type perks in place, which a lot of people do. And also, I would, I would say two other things. I would say if you are a creator and you have a Patreon, uh, please do not be a hypocrite. Support other people in the same way that you uh, have people supporting you. Uh, I think that's important. And there's also a tab that you can click uh, in your settings over there that will allow people to see who you support. So mm-hmm. that, could be a, that could be a mechanism for people that follow you, that support you, because you can follow people on Patreon. You don't have to actually support them. Uh, but for people that follow you and or support you to find other cool channels and places that they might want to follow and or support. Uh, and then I would, I would also say um, that if you're over there, uh, if you are a creator, I guess this goes cuts both ways, depending on if you're a creator or if you're a, a viewer or a follower. But I would say if you're a viewer or a follower, demand more uh, of your Patreon folks. I get that. Hey, I'm just throwing a few bucks to support you. But, you know, it's real easy to do special content, to do sneak previews, to do little things. And if you're over there and you're supporting a creator that is not giving you any extra content at all, whether you consume that content or not, uh, I would I would question whether or not um, your money is to continue throwing that your 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 hard-earned dollars. Let's let's face it, uh, at that particular creator, and I might find somebody on Patreon to substitute in their place uh, that is actually engaging and giving back and, and creating content. It, it it annoys me to no end. Um, you know, I'll go over there, and, and I've, I've supported people in the past, and six months go by, you know, whatever it might be, and they've not posted a darn thing, right? And they've got all these patrons in your life. Why? Why are you... I, I don't understand it. I mean, it's, an, it's it's supposed to be... It's not designed. That platform is, is a platform for a reason. You could just send a super chat here uh, on YouTube, you can just take out somebody's money directly, you know, if you just want to uh, support a person, right? So why go through all of that and be on a platform and be a part of everything that somebody, the only way they're using it is to siphon money from the viewers and the followers. To me, it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, demand, demand more from the creators. My thing Well, uh, I... I'm going to be debuting my new logo on Patreon soon once it gets done. Uh, the guy that's doing my logo is a friend of mine, uh, and uh, he's also uh, one of the artists that used to work on Spider-Man. No way. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, he's also done Flash. i got a whole thing over there with him. Uh, we did Batman before, um, Aliens vs. Predator. I've done Batman, but I was drunk. But yeah, so he's doing my new logo for me. Um, and he has like a really cool idea. I don't want to ruin it here, but my Patreons are going to be the first ones to see it. Um, I'm also going to tell them about what it's going to get be designed, and they're going to get to see, you know, is this what we want? 
but it's going to be pretty it's going to be pretty cool uh we worked it out i've seen some like rough sketches of it but it's going to be it's going to be badass um so yeah so yeah he's doing that for me um i taught him how to shoot <laughs> so oh, cool. got him into guns because he's just like comic book artist he used to uh do uh he used to uh room with jim lee is that like stanley's relative no 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 it's a it's a the guy started image comics oh okay um yeah so it's it's cool the the logo is going to be really cool and my patreon is going to be the first one to to see it and i'm and all my patreons are going to get patches when i get them made of the new logo so who does your voiceover john uh, some dude I, I found on Fiverr. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a Fiverr voiceover done for a podcast I'm on. And, and I use the same guy for, like, everything. He's really good. Yeah, once you find a voice or whatever that works, you yeah, well, you, here, you got to send me his link. I will. Here's the thing. A lot of them, like, won't let you use them for commercial uses. Hmm. Unless you pay some outrageous fee. That's weird. Well, depends on how they define commercial. Okay, yeah. Well, like my like my Tusk commercial <laughs> and my Black Swan Media commercial. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a really good guy. I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you the link. Uh, he's also pro gun too. Oh, cool. Which makes which to me makes a big difference. Because why are you going to no. support someone who's not pro gun? Right. I guess, but I've never thought to ask whenever I went to Fiverr for something. I just never thought to ask that question. Uh, no, I like I I didn't ask the question. It's just uh, when I went there, you're like, oh yeah 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 yeah, read your stuff. Like, oh cool. Oh okay, <laughs> you know. So I didn't seek that out. It just happened uh, to be. I, I wasn't like going over there. Are you pro gun? Because I'm not going to use you if you're not pro gun. Okay. That would be pretty. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not like I don't. I don't like disqualifying people because they're not pro gun or whatnot. I have friends well, that are not pro gun. That would be for me. It would be a miserable existence if I went through life gauging every interaction with every single other human being based on the fact whether they or not they were pro-gun because the, <laughs> the person that waits on you at Taco Bell, what difference does it make? The person doing your voiceover from Fiverr, what difference does it make? The, you know, it's, that's an irrelevant part of the human interaction. So, now if it, like you say, if it comes up, right, and if it comes up beforehand and they, you know, don't want to do the work because oh this is related to firearms and I'm anti you know that's more of a mutual issue there if they don't want to do it then they have to bake you a cake I don't have a I don't have a problem <laughs> well yeah uh, the hypocrisy uh, of the world right uh, they have I, to bake the cake since you're a big uh, Star Wars guy Clover did you see my new headphone stand that I printed I did not that's pretty neat yeah. I like it. Yeah, we went to uh, Disney last week because my son's a huge Star Wars fan, and we rode the new ride. 
Rise the of the Millennium, Resistance. Millennium Falcon? How is it? No, no, the Rise of the Resistance. Oh. Clover, you would love it. But Clover's not tall enough to get on the ride. <laughs> you, you get on a shuttle, right? And you think the ride's over, then the shuttle's outside, so I guess it must sink down into the ground or something. Because it opens up and you're on a, uh, you're on a Star Destroyer. And they have all the stormtroopers walking around, and they have like the commanders and everything. And then they put you in this like a cell, cell. And then a resistance fighter breaks you out, and then you get in the car, and you're and you're going between like Adat's legs and stuff like that. And you have like the Tie Fighter flying around, and oh, you have cool. like Kylo Ren chasing you down. No, no, sounds like too much work for me. It's, it's like three <laughs> rides in one. There, that. That was, uh, so do you have to make a reservation for that? Uh, uh, yeah. You have to get up at like 7 a.m. to make a reservation for that. Oh, jeez. So that was my stowaways for uh, the Tulsa trip. Oh, that's cool. And I carried around, I carried around the first day. Second day, I did not do that. We just added weight. Gizmo and, uh, and Grogu. Grogu? Yeah. So is there new episodes of The Mandalorian or no? Uh, no, only two seasons. Sixteen chapters. That's it. It's dead. Well, for now. Oh. They got the book of Bo- uh, the book of Bobo coming out. Boba, a uh, Bo- Boba coming out. Boba Fett. Yeah, that could be interesting. That was pretty good. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, I guess. Anyone who hasn't watched the Mandalorian, but that was a pretty cool. Uh, if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, come on. Some people are just kind of waking up to it. I get it, but uh, yeah, that end credit scene uh, makes sense, you know. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what happens with that. That could make for a very cool spinoff, I think. Yeah, here's something. Uh, spoiler alert! So if you haven't seen the Mandalorian, tune out right now. But Clover, what did you think of Luke Skywalker scene? Um, when he just comes in and just thrashes everyone, no one even comes close to uh, stopping him. Well, I mean, it—I mean, it makes sense that he would be able to handle that for that situation pretty easily. I think yeah. um, that was okay. It was, that was kind of cool, I guess. Um, I like that. It reminded me of the Darth Vader scene from. Uh, um, from Rogue you know, One, was, you know it was, yeah, what should have been in the, at the first of a New Hope, right? Yeah, um, it was very reminiscent of that. It makes me wonder. I mean, they don't they don't really do things uh, without thinking about it first. So, it, yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if that wasn't some sort of a callback for that for sure. But, yeah, it's like one of the dark troopers was enough to almost handle every <laughs> the whole entire assault party. But Luke comes in and just takes out like fifty of them. Well, he should be able to. I mean, we the force is strong with him. You know, granted the the uh, the dark troopers are not uh, you know trade federation droids or anything like that. I, I get it, but you know, theoretically, one Jedi could take out a you know, entire platoon fairly easily of those type of, of things. So. It's not, I guess, in the in the not unreasonable. Like we're talking about something that's factual here, but it's not a stretch 
against to say that you know he can't he can't do that. Um, have you seen the video where I thought it was kind of cool? Um, and I don't know if it was for copyright reasons or surely not because they they own all of that property. So I'm not really sure what the deal is, but the music that was playing when that happened during the TV show. Uh, somebody on YouTube took that scene and then put actual, like, the Jedi theme and all uh, as, a, as a background music for that. No, I got to take a look. Yeah, it was, uh, man, it, it was much better that way. I thought that would have made such a better impact, I think, had they, had they done that. Um, but I don't know, maybe they're Maybe they're trying to keep things separate in a way because, you know, one of the cool things, and and, and and that's one of the things with having Luke come in at the end, and R2, let's not forget uh, having R2 there. Yeah, R2 did, yeah um, R2 did come in. But um, one of the things with that potentially kind of messed some stuff up, I think, is when you take the Mandalorian up until that point was sort of removed and separated the same but removed and separated from the canon films and that sort of thing in a way. So when you had people like, let's say my wife, not a Star a fan by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but really dug on the Mandalorian because it was a, it was a great storyline and it was, it was written well. There was just a lot of things. It was the spaghetti western of the, of the space age. Uh, and it sort of stood alone. Yes, there was all kind of Easter eggs and everything for the for the geeks out there, sure. But it kind of stood alone. It stood on its own two feet. And when they brought Luke in with that, and you know, it's like ah, I don't know. I mean, they just uh, so maybe that was part of staying away from that iconic music, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and go and go with a different score is that you know. They didn't want to. They didn't want to muddle and mix the two any more than they had to to progress the storyline. Maybe so. Um, but that's what I find amazing about the Mandalorian is you don't even you don't really to enjoy it. You have you don't have to know really anything about Star Wars and no. Star Wars lore and, and all that kind of stuff. If you do, it's even cooler. Don't get me wrong. But um, if you don't, I mean, it, it stands on its own two feet. That's a, that's a really good really good series. I don't know how uh, how much longer they will go, and I don't know with the... They, they, and, and I don't know that they intended to do it. I don't know that your know, Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu, uh, they should have seen it coming, uh, as was my Instagram post there with, with Gizmo, which was a phenomenon back in the, in the 80s, phenomenon of cuteness, right? Um, they should have seen it coming, that that was going to be a huge deal. It's so... You know, ultimately, that being a huge deal with the cuteness factor and the marketability of a Baby Yoda slash Grogu, and then that being a, a key component uh, of the storyline, obviously, uh, they should have they should have seen all that coming. Like I said, I haven't seen any any interviews or anything that, that indicate one way or the other necessarily. Uh, but now that the now that that chapter sort of has closed out, that Grogu's now with Luke, the Mandalorian, it's like, what? where do we pivot from here, right? It's like, how do you top Baby Yoda? Um, and, you know, yes, I mean, you could continue with the storyline of, you know, restoration of Mandalore, you know, uh, the reunification of the, uh, 
uh, of the various sects, S-E-C-T, uh, all of this other thing, you know, you could, you could do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you could do that in a way that is as captivating, right, as the mission with the child, which is what it was up until that point. I, I don't just know how well you could continue the, the series. I just, I fear that even if they have a season three, four, five, whatever it might be, uh, I fear we've seen the best of it already. Oh, that's, that's, that's why I think they really should end the series now. Yeah, don't go back to the well. No. It was, it was like the perfect send-off, right? If the whole show was about yeah. him getting a Grogu back to someone who could, you know, like a Jedi. Right. Well, they could they could still utilize the... They could still utilize him. Uh, was it Pedro Pascal? Pedro Pascal, uh, yeah. They could, still, they could still utilize him in the capacity with the Boba Fett spinoff. Yeah, well, they also uh, he also has the Darksaber, which means he's like the king of the Mandalore, <laughs> you know? Right. Which I don't so, understand. I, mean, could, I, I don't understand because I don't know if you watch Rebels, but... Uh, no, that was some of the animated stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah I, and, and, I never and, could get into the animated stuff. Uh, and the Rebel Sabine, who's a Mandalore and, and also a Rebel, who had the Darksaber, give it to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan is from uh, the, the cartoon. So, but now she can't take it. So I, that's kind of, I don't understand that. Yeah, well, they deviated from canon a little bit. Yeah, because the cartoons are canon. Also, uh, um, Ahsoka Tano is from the comics. I mean, it was not the comics, uh, the cartoons as well. Yeah. Uh, which, if that episode, chapter 12, I know we're getting geeky here, but we have Clover, so of course we're getting geeky. Chapter 12, where, they, where uh, she goes and battles everyone, that was actually based on an old Japanese movie from the 50s, and it's almost shot scene for scene. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. There's a video on YouTube where they match up the scene for scenes, and it's like and it's like they did a good job. Well, there's been a lot of that throughout, uh, throughout the films and, and throughout Mandalorian that plays back to uh, yeah that plays back to some of the old Japanese films that plays back to some of the some westerns uh, there's a there, yeah there's a lot of falling back on it, it gets into that gets into that uh, the thing that Hollywood is often saddled with which is there hasn't ever there hasn't been anything unique created in years right uh, they just pull ideas from the past. Maybe obscure things that the mass majority of people have never knew existed, right? Um, and remake them and revamp them and reinvent them and that sort of thing. I don't know if you can see G-Web's comment, but uh, he's taking issue with you not watching the Star Wars cartoons because they're great. And they are, can Everybody says they are. Uh, everybody also apparently really digs the John Wick films, and that's other something else I've never seen. So, uh, you never seen John ever, Wick? Nope, not the first scene. Heck, my wife well, has seen them. Well, I say not the first scene. I've seen obviously trailers and 
you know, little clip things here and there. But uh, no, I've never, never turned it on, watched it. I have threatened that if it ever comes on Netflix or Hulu, uh, then, um, you know, I might have to sit down one day and, and watch them. But I'm not, I'm not seeking them out. They're going to have to be in front of me for me to do that probably. Not a, not a Keanu Reeves fan, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, there, there's a meme. I was like, if I wanted to do a comic book of like Infinity War, how to beat Thanos, and uh, they tell Thanos that the Infinity, that they feed the Infinity Stone to a dog. So Thanos is like, ha, ah, I got the Infinity Stone, and he rips the dog in half. Then John Wick walks up, and he wants to see my dog. Oh. I don't know, because John Wick kills like Russia because they killed his dog. <laughs> It was like everyone. Like, don't kill the dude's dog. I don't know. Funny. All right. Well, we've been on for over an hour. Uh, people are talking about the, the talking about the the stuff right here. Uh, Space Texan does have a. Before we go, I want to get your opinion on Space Texan's movie. Uh, he wants a movie about. Vampires that team up with humans in a zombie apocalypse because vampires can't eat zombies, but there's obviously tension between the vampires and humans. Well, I mean, that would be a, a that would be an accurate premise because you know if I, I've seen I, that movie. Am, it's called if, Stargate Atlantis. I've never seen Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, so it's where. Um, the Atlanteans team up with the Wraith to fight off the Replicators. I've never seen that. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so have we seen the trailers for Army of the Dead? Speaking of zombies. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I like how they used the Kenny Rogers song. Yeah, and oh, I mean, beautiful, beautifully done trailers. But uh, that's that might be interesting. I love uh, big into zombies. Um, zombie lore, zombie anatomy. I've read multitude of, of things uh, on that, and I really love when there's the progression of zombies because people, you know, people think of zombies as the slow walking, you know, uh, and there's so many more uh, portrayals and and thoughts when it comes to, especially when you're talking about. Uh, a zombie, you know, a zombie nation, whatever you want to call it, uh, a zombie plague. Odds are, realistically, it would be more bacterial than viral. And what that would allow those zombie, quote unquote, zombies to be able to do, how they would act, would be different than a lot of what we see historically with the slow moving zombies and you know, the Walking Dead type thing. Uh, not the series, but what they call zombies have called zombies for years. Well, it could be prions. Um, but prions. Yeah. The new, the new, uh, yeah, that new army of the dead or whatever that like takes the world these zombies and like ratchets it up, you know, could be MRNA and, uh, in the coronavirus uh, vaccine. Hey, Hey, uh, who knows? Oh, um, you know what really pissed me off about the, the, the Brad Pitt movie World War Z? Well, a lot of things, probably. But I'm I was a huge, huge fan, and I'm like, okay, the, well, they can't do everything in the book, so it's going to be some version of the book. And basically, all it was was the same name. 
different yeah. story. Different people. Right. <laughs> Same name. They took World War Z and stuck it on some generic yeah, so, zombie so movie. For, pissed me so off. For those that, so for those that don't, don't does not know, yes, World War Z, the book by Max Brooks, uh, is a great is a great read. Uh, also, since we're talking about zombie things, uh, The Survival Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, I think it's the name of it, Max Brooks, also a great yeah. read. Um, and then um, Dad, Govett, Jonathan Mayberry, um, with the uh, Rotten Ruin series, another great series and stuff if you're into the, into the zombie things. Uh, definitely check all of those out. Get books on tape or read them or whatever your, your fancy is, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, Matt, yeah, you can't go wrong with any of those. Matt, Matt, Max Brooks also did another book, which was amazing. Um, well, he's done several. But uh, right. uh, the book he did, The Evolution. Yes. I don't know if you read that or not. Yeah. Basically, it's like a Bigfoot, Bigfoot attacks. <laughs> this like rich, this rich area, which all these rich people move out in the middle of nowhere. And then Bigfoot, and they get attacked by Bigfoots. It's amazing. But I don't know if you ever read that, Clover. Face Texas says World War Z was, yeah, it's just the title. Yeah. yeah. Did you read The Evolution? I've not read The De Evolution. I'm familiar with what you're talking about, though. Read it. It's awesome. If you liked World War Z, you'll like The De- Evolution. All right, guys, we've been on for over an hour now talking about nothing that had to do with guns, but that's what free-for-all Friday is. Every once in a while, you have to do something that's totally off the wall and not really gun-related, right? Unwind a little. Yeah, Jason, Jason King does bring up Firefly, which is an awesome series. Yep. Um, and Serenity, which is an awesome movie. It only after once even. Made me mad. I, I don't get that. I, I think they had something going in. They did. It actually had really good ratings. It was just uh, from what I what I read, it was just someone at Fox didn't like it. That's pretty wild. <laughs> they killed a, a, a series with good ratings because they didn't like it. Uh, I don't get it either, but whatever. But I want to thank my guest here. I uh, remember you can always go to patreon.com slash John Crump. Join Gun Owners of America, Washington, D.C.'s only no compromise gun community. Go to tusk.network, T-U-S-C dot network, and check out Tusk. They're really, really cool. And use code Crumpy at Black Swan Tactical. And we can get some money for some charity stuff going here. Black Swan Tactical. You have Sandhill Shooter over there. You have Flying Rich. You have Gorillas and Guns. You have me. And like I said, it's a it's for good, some good causes. All right. So uh, Clover had to, had to jump. And Rich, I'm going to let you go. But before I let you go, why don't you tell us where you can be found and what you have coming up or anything you want to talk so you can find me at flyingrich.com or youtube.com slash flyingrich and on Instagram at flyingrich underscore official. That, that, and uh, I may or may not actually shoot a video today over there uh, with my 5.7 guns. Can you shoot on your own property? Yes, I can. I don't have a range set up yet, but that's coming. 
Well, that's cool. How many, how many acres we, do you have? Uh, acre and a quarter. Acre and a quarter, okay. So my range, my backstop is going to be right over there. And uh, can you shoot alligators? Uh, in Florida, you're not legally allowed to shoot alligators unless they're posing a threat to you. Okay. Because, like, I don't know, like, half the YouTubers out there are shooting alligators today or something. I don't know. Really? I, I don't know, man. You have been following, like, an Iraq vet 888, uh, Ava shot an alligator. Everyone's shooting alligators. I don't get it. So that's I don't know where they are. Not in Florida. I, you know, Florida, that's, uh, you're, who knows? Unless they're farm-raised alligators, maybe that's different. But uh, no, in the I th- wild, I think they're in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to ask. Uh, well, Swamp Dog is Swampy in Louisiana. You can hunt alligators in Louisiana. Long you have tags. No, no, they they hunt roadkill in Louisiana. What are you talking about, alligators? Dude. Yeah. It, whatever, man. If an alligator pulls a gun on you, can you shoot it? Oh, one more thing. Did you see the, the dude that shot the bobcat? He yeeted the bobcat, the rabid bobcat that attacked his wife, picked it up. Oh, yeah. Yeeted it across and pulled out his concealed weapon. And that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I was walking around the property one one night, you know, just after sunset. It, and I don't know if it was a bobcat or a coyote, but there was something howling at me on the property line. I, you know, I pulled my gun and I'm like backing away from it. I had no idea what it didn't see it, just heard it, but it, it was you know howling and growling at me. Gun website so, says you're a coward if you need a gun to fight an alligator. <laughs> I can tell you an alligator story, but I can't tell it online. All right. <laughs> yeah, alligators are weird. Well, they're dinosaurs. Yeah, close. When I was out in Florida, I was looking for alligators. I didn't see one besides an animal kingdom. Yeah, I, it's funny. I, I saw one. Uh, only alligator I've ever seen was a couple of blocks away from me here. Oh, really? Yeah, a friend had a pond uh, with tilapia in it, and I guess the alligator was having a meal. Uh, I don't know where it call. came from or how it got there, but did you call the animal control place? That's the part I can't tell you about. I, no, but you got a new pair of alligator boots. <laughs> uh, well, could be. Yeah, I don't know. Alligators are interesting creatures. Yeah, there's uh, there, there's some nice areas to uh, nice park by me, and uh, you rent canoes, which is horribly expensive there. But if you bring your own, you can you know, just dump it in. But I, I'm sure there's alligators in the water because they they do. Last time I was there, they warn you about it. Don't feed them. Yeah, they like marshmallows. <laughs> they do. I, w- I went on this airboat down in uh, the Everglades, and the dude. He, he, I don't know. He's like Dr. Doolittle of the alligator. He would go, come here, mama. Come here, mama. And he started petting the water, and the alligator came up and right next to the boat. And he's sitting there, oh, this is mama, petting it. Like, what the hell? This dude was Dr. Doolittle. He would call the birds. He'd go, Big, oh, the really? The bird would come to like land on his hand. <laughs> what the hell is this? I, 
I've seen that. I was in um, Costa Rica in the rainforest, and this guy was like the same way. It was unbelievable. He's just calling wild, wild animals. What? Freaking alligator. He's putting the alligator. Alligator's just sitting there. Going, he's petting it and he called a bird down. <laughs> what the hell? Like, this isn't supposed to be like that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we're in an airboat. It was very, very interesting. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, uh, Space Texan thinks that alligators are effing robots. Jason King says, because uh, Jason's from D.C., he says, the D.C. swamp only has rats and most of them live near, live near the White House or Capitol building. Capitol building. And somebody's trying to sell followers. Um, ban that dude, whoever that is. Any, any app. Yeah, really? Where do you see that? I, I need know. some followers. How, how do I buy followers? Etel and have a phone number, I guess. To buy followers. Click this link. Oh, no, that was on Twitch. Are you streaming on Twitch? Yeah. Never mind. Oh, okay. It's not on YouTube. Yeah, if anybody wants to buy followers, there you go. Don't do it, though. It actually hurts you. My second channel, I put in for monetization now. Oh, cool. Yeah, it can take up to a month, which is actually my first channel now because it actually has more people than this. But. Oh, you got 2K subs. Uh, I have 2K on stuff this on this one, and the other one uh, has a few hundred more. Oh, cool. You're moving up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got to uh, break more news. Don't you do that in your sleep? No, I, I have ton. I have freaking tons of documents here, man. I got a document. Hold on. Tons of leaked documents. Check this out. This right here. This is what I'm going through. This is an ETF leak leaked manual. That's not the hundred pager, is it? Uh, it's a hundred seventy one. Oh. That's a different one, then. Yeah, it's a different one. Uh, let's see here. I can give you some information here. Like, uh, if the ATF seizes your rounds, they're not going to give you back your ammunition, but they will give you back your uh, the monetary value as they deem it monetarily valuable. Um, and uh, hold on, hold on. I got to do this. So basically, if you have, let's say, they take. Richard Monder, I want to talk to you about getting you on the show to talk about English firearms law. But, um, like, let's say they take your rounds, right? Ten cents a round. That's what they give it to that's, you. They don't give you back crazy. a round. They give you ten cents. Let's say you have a thousand fifty fifty cal rounds that they had to give back to you. They're going to pay you ten cents per fifty cal. That's nuts. And, and why? I don't understand. I can understand taking my firearms, you know, like whatever you red flag law not that i'm you know in on that but let's say for some reason they come to why would you take my ammo well they, they have it in here here it is uh 10 cents per round that's crazy and if they seize your bank account there they are supposed to get a cashier's check as soon as possible And as soon as possible is by their definition. Like, go to the bank, get a cashier's check for all the money in your bank account. Wow. 
if they seize your cigarettes and they have to give it back, they don't give it back. They give you the monetary value, which they figure is $1 a pack or $10 a carton. Oh, my God. It's like I have no idea. $20 a pack now. Yeah, well, they give you $1 for it. Nuts. So this is uh, kind of crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, instead of, uh, and they don't actually count rounds. They weigh the rounds. And, like, for 9 millimeter, they figured uh, it is, for 9 millimeter, it, let's see here, hang on, mixed, mixed, mixed. So they're declaring a weight for the nine millimeter. It's not like they weigh one of yours and then multiply it out. No, no. It's like, uh, for example, twenty-two caliber. They weigh as point zero one pounds per round. Point zero one. That's crazy inaccurate. For handguns, if it's a forty-five nine millimeter thirty-eight special, three fifty-seven magnum, forty-four magnum doesn't matter. That gets weighed in at point zero four uh, round. This should be done in grams. Yeah, it's not uh, for all rifle, no matter if it's fifty cal or whatever or two two three. They weigh that at point zero five uh, pounds <laughs> per round. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it talks about counterfeit currency. Uh, um. Yeah. So all this other stuff, laptop DVDs. This goes into a lot more than just firearms. That's crazy. Uh, if you go to crumpy dot com, you can download the whole damn thing. So if you want to take a look through it, go right ahead. No. Uh, sounds like you got to work, John. <laughs> Yeah, my kids. So um, let me let you go. Um, with that said, you know how to find Rich. Uh, go. I got a bunch of leaked documents over there from court documents on crumby.com as well and a bunch of other stuff that you guys can find over there. You might be able to find interesting. And if you find anything interesting, uh, spread the news or say, hey, man, I found this new. I found this out. So go ahead and uh, report on this, John. This, and maybe you you can get help me get a story out. That's cool. All right. With that said, my name is John Crow. Happy Friday, guys. Happy Friday, and I will see you guys Monday.